And good afternoon. It is The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5. The Drive with Tay and Piper. No Derek is mentioned. I just mentioned this to Luke Goody. Derek, of course, the Pipers, Haley had, uh, Derek and Haley had a child, and that was a new baby girl last Saturday, Nellie, and uh, she joins the crew now with Cade, and that is a, uh, that's a great-looking family, and so proud of Derek and Haley, and congrats to him, and we think Derek will be back Monday, so we'll get his thoughts on that when he comes back. But right now it is time for the Luke Goody Show, and it's brought to you by Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend, First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted, and by Max Twin City Recycling. We go to the Tapman's Towing phone line and welcome in Luke Goody. How are you, my friend? Yes, sir. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. So what is this week? You guys were just pedal to the metal for so long, and now you finally get a, a a little bit of a rest back to fundamentals. Can I just get, let's just be transparent? Like, would you be rather playing games or, or in a practice court with Brad Underwood? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is uh, fairly go unsaid, but I would way rather be playing games than uh, out there on the practice court. <laughs> Was is it is it going back to a lot of fundamentals this week? And how much rest have you guys been able to get? Yeah, it's been nice. Our coaches do a good job of balancing rest and uh, getting in the work that we need. So we actually had practice Monday. Um, we got up a lot of shots and added a couple new plays into our offense and just kind of smoothed everything over from the game. And yesterday we got after it, did a lot of defense. Uh, you know, like you said, kind of back to the basics. Um, just doing all those things over again that you kind of need to revisit every ever so often during the season. And today we had an off day, so I've been able to catch up on my schoolwork and kind of get everything done in advance uh, for this busy weekend. I got to ask you, when when I was in high school, our coach, Coach Jim Riddle, his favorite line was, on the line, boys, and you knew it was time to run, right? You're going to do a lot of line drills and and everything. Does Coach Underwood have like a line, or do you just know like, uh uh-oh, it's time to run? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he says get on the line, and then, you know, like, oh, that so <laughs> we kind of mentally prepare ourselves and when we hear get on the line and uh we we did a little bit of running last practice uh thankfully we only run if people miss free throws and oh. uh everybody at free throws so we didn't really have to run run too much yesterday which was kind of nice wait you guys practice free throws i swear you don't i'm kidding yeah no we do no <laughs> every single day uh, after practice and during practice so for all those people out there that you know, complain when we miss free throws. It's not like we're trying to. Do you ever get bothered by a crowd? And we had a question. Would you rather shoot free throws with noise or without noise? That was the question. What would you rather? I mean, I can remember, and this is a lot lower level, Luke, than what you're at, but I can remember in a home gym at Villa Grove, it would get real quiet when I'd shoot free throws. And it was almost like, ooh, this is kind of eerie. Like, I hear the ball bouncing. I'd almost rather have somebody talking. Does it ever bother you, or you just can't let stuff like that bother you? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't really bother you, honestly. Like, when you're at away games and uh, home games, you just kind of – it's like – it's hard to explain. You almost like black out. So like, everything mm-hmm. that's not on the court, if that makes sense. Like, everything that's not involved in actually basketball. So, like, when I'm on the court – all I think about is, like, you know, just kind of, like, reacting and playing and, like, free throw line. Like, all I'm thinking about is just shooting. Like, it's not, it's not like, listening to people or, like, people are yelling stuff. It's not really, like, you don't really pay attention to that. It's, it's almost, like, second nature, though. It's weird. It's not yep. like I, like, yep. try to block it out. It's just, like, it just naturally happens. Like, I just feel kind of natural out there. I don't really listen to all the noise. And, I mean, it doesn't really make a difference to me, to be honest. 
Totally makes sense. Luke Goody, our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. We're going to get more nitty-gritty with basketball, but I kind of like going behind the scenes. It's kind of cool. I think a lot of listeners enjoy kind of understanding what you guys do. So on a week like this week, let's say you had practice today at 2. I'm just making this up. What time yeah. would you get there? I know it depends probably on classes and such, but let's say you got done with classes at 11, you had practice at 2. What time does Luke Goody get to Ubbin? And then what are some of the things you do before you even start practice? And is there anything you do after? Yeah, so I'll give you an example of uh, of yesterday. Uh, we had practice at 345 because guys have class all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I only had class at 930, right? So I'll go to class 930 to 1050, 11 o'clock. And then I'll go work out at Oven from, you know, whenever I get there, 11, 1115 until about, I would say, 2. Wow. And then I do, like, rehab. I sit in the hy- or lay in the hyperbaric chamber for an hour, hour and a half, and uh, get up a bunch of shots and lift and do all the extra stuff. And then I'll go grab something for lunch from, like, 2 to 3 and then come back and lay in the team room basically until practice. So um, after class, I mean, today even I had class from 930 to about 12, and I went to the gym right after and worked out and everything, and I just got home about 20 minutes ago. So Unreal. I try and get in as much work as possible in between classes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, basically once you're done with school and all the stuff that you have to do, you're you're kind of up until the rest of the day. So, I mean, I was out up yesterday from, I mean, 12 or what did I say? 11, yeah, 11. Yeah. So about 2, went and 8, and then I was there from practice wow. till 3.30 until about 7 o'clock. So it's kind of takes up your whole day. It's amazing being old like I am, Luke, when you get to my age, you will look back and think, I, I had to have been in such great shape. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> how good a shape you are in right now. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Does it? Would they care if I brought like a six of Bush Light and sat in the hot tub while you guys uh, <laughs> practiced? I mean, you think they'd care? <laughs> I don't know. I, I probably want to join you, though, at that point. Right, right. I saw somebody in a hot tub with some Just come on in, guys. I, I brought I brought a case. We're ready to roll here today. All right, let's get let's get nitty-gritty on that Nebraska game. I know Kyle wants to ask you some questions on that. Um, you you didn't have it. That was the first time all year that I've, I've seen Luke Goody not knock down shots. Um, that, those games happen, don't they? And it's, it's frustrating, but yet you just kind of put it behind you. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, you work so hard and put on all these extra, all this extra work, especially myself. Um, you know, I try and get up as many shots as possible throughout the week um, outside of practice and stuff. And, you know, even the best shooters have games like that. You see Clay Thompson right now, you know, Grant, right. he's had one of the best NBA careers in the history of basketball as a shooter. And, you know, he's kind of at the end of his career. But still, it's just one of those things like no matter how much work you put in and how much you prepare yourself, you're going to have off days sure. and you know, my mindset has always been, I attribute this to my dad, you know, just raising me the way he did. But um, you have to find something else to do if you're not having an on night. So yeah. when I went back to the game, you know, after the first half, I only had one rebound. And, you know, I finished the game with eight rebounds, That's three awesome. offensive and two on the free throw line. So my mindset the whole time was the next shot's going in and I have to make an impact in the game some somewhere else. Uh, so that's just uh, the way that I think about it. And you know, I understand that games like that are going to happen. It sucks because it messes up my my percentage, and I gotta, you know, that's kind of what I pride myself on, and like what I'm here for. So, um, but I also realize that you know I put in enough work, and I'm confident in myself enough, and my teammates have enough faith in me that you know that it's not too long before the next game I'm going to be six for six instead of zero for six. Yep. Tom Izzo right now is going, guys. Luke Goody's due. 
and he's going to come in here and light up uh, East Lansing. You just know he is, so that that's cool. That's what I like to hear is that confidence, knowing that you're going to go back out and make amends for that. All right, Kyle, I'll shut up now. I'll let you – I know you got questions about this Nebraska game. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy back-and-forth game there against Nebraska, Luke. I'm just curious kind of – you know, what was it like, the emotion of that game? He's, Nebraska comes back. You guys are up 10 with three minutes left. Nebraska has a furious rally there to nearly take it. Marcus goes to the free throw line, sends it to overtime. What was it like just to be a part of a game that had such a late swing like that? And how big was it for you guys to find a way to get out of there with a big win? Yeah, well, I was saying that we had a lot of, uh, a lot of film breakdown. Uh, the next day <laughs> and how we blew a 10 point lead with two minutes to go. So I will say that, but, um, you know, I think it's just, it goes to show how good of, uh, or how smart of a player Marcus is to be down one and get the ball and go the full length of the court and draw a foul is, uh, I mean, you have to be pretty high IQ to be able to do that. Yes. You know, coach didn't call a timeout and he got the ball in the backcourt with nine seconds to go. So, you know, not a lot of players would recognize that drive it all the way down the court and draw a foul. So, you know, credit to him for uh, being smart in that situation and drawing that foul. And, you know, I think there were a couple things that we didn't do well at the, at the end of the game that kind of let them get back into it. But when you watch the film, I mean, we got a good shot. Terrence right. took a couple threes. Marcus took a couple mid-range jump shots. And throughout the game, they were hitting those. And, you know, I trust Marcus with the turnaround fadeaway more than I trust anybody else in the country. So, um, you know, it just didn't fall. And they were able to hit a couple tough shots. Uh, Tommy Naga was, I mean, he's, as special as they come as a shooter, and he was able to get hot, and um, they kind of just were able to capitalize on some moments in the end. But, um, you know, we're a good team and resilient, and we were able to find a way to win. How hard is that to kind of regroup there after regulation when you, you do blow a late lead there, Nebraska kind of storms back and sends a game to overtime that you know you probably should have taken care of? How hard is that just to kind of refocus and regroup in that huddle there? What maybe was the message from – coaches or anybody there that allowed you guys to come out and regain control of that game in overtime yeah it's just you know just going back to what we do and um you know we we blew lead but we've also been in the situation where we came back on the team and you know we had an opportunity to win the game so it's one of those things that you just got to be ready no matter what situation you're in and um credit to the guys that were in in overtime and you know they were able to stick it out and and uh come out with the win what is it like going against a player like Tominaga when he's out there just making everything he puts up there? It seems ridiculous. like the harder the shots that he took, the more likely they were to go in. Do you just have to like throw your hands up and be like, what more do you want me to do here on this right. guy? Yeah, I mean, Coach was giving us a hard time. Coach, one of the things that Coach loves to do is uh, if somebody does something wrong on the court on our team, he loves to come and yell at the guys on the bench. So we just sit there like, <laughs> What the hell are we supposed to do when we're right here? Like, I, I don't know what you want us to do. So, Tommy Naga hit the first step back three in the corner. And he comes over and looks at me and Dane, and he goes, that's what happened when you let him get hot. And me and Dane look at each other like, okay, well, we won't let him get hot when we get in the game, I guess. But, um, you know, he's a good player. When you find a rhythm like that, it's uh, it's easy to get going, especially him. You know, the coach runs a lot of stuff for him and yeah. get him shot. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's just how he is as a player. I mean, there's I trust him with a – highly contested shot versus a wide open shot to be honest with you and uh you know he was able to hit him that game well and and to to the point about you and coming back and and, and doing big things soon he 
Tominaga was a non-factor in their game before against Wisconsin. I mean, did not he was like oh for whatever from the three-point line, and then that just shows you why good shooters like you and Tominaga, you guys keep that confidence because you know the next game you're going to be able to do exactly the opposite and light it up, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And the previous four games, actually, he shot like I think under thirty percent. I'm pretty sure if I remember right from scout, under thirty percent from three in his previous four games before us. And anybody knows that under thirty percent from three is not good at all. No. And if you know Tommy Naga, that's I mean that's obviously not him. So um, he was due for a breakout game. I'm ex- super excited to watch them versus Northwestern. I think that game could be a really, really, really good game. Um, two electric offenses, and right. Northwestern also doesn't like to miss at home. So um, I'm excited <laughs> to watch that one and. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll be a good game tonight. Is that Tominaga? He seems like he's like plays with a smile on his face. Is he a nice, dude? Uh, I don't really talk to him. Okay, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, when you have thirty-one, I would be pretty happy to address. <laughs> so. Yeah, can't really blame him on that one. Touche. Well done. All right, wrapping up with Luke Goody, you got East Lansing this weekend. You were able to beat Michigan State here earlier in the season. What's it like when you get the second matchup against a team? Yeah, you know a lot what they do. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, especially Michigan State. I mean, they're they're very similar year to year. They run the same stuff. I mean, since I've been in school and phrase too, uh, he always tells us how Tom Izzo's always running the same thing. So we kind of know what to expect, but it's just the different situations. I mean, now they're what fourteen and nine or thirteen and nine. They need to win, and we know that. And we know that it's a home game. They play really well at home. They got some great players, and they lost a tough one to Minnesota on the road. So. We got to go into Breslin Center, um, ready to go. It's it's for them. It's starting to get to, you know, they need to start winning some big games, get the resume built up, and uh, you know, have some signature wins. So us going in there as a top ten team, we know there's a huge target on our backs, and uh, it's going to be a, a huge game for them and their fans. And I think it was sold out a week ago. You know, uh, some of our teammates were trying to get tickets for family members, and there's just no way. So um, looking forward to it. You know, that's kind of what you what you. Um, come to a Big Ten school to play yep. for is, is an atmosphere and situation like that. Well, as former Saluki Bart Scott said, can't wait. And I, I cannot wait for that game on Saturday with Illinois and Michigan State. One thing I thought of, maybe Brad Underwood's coming up to you and Dane on the bench because he knows maybe you guys want to coach one day. So he's he's filling you in on his thoughts, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or, yeah. or he's just taking out his anger on us for right. some reason. But it is what it is. I, I've grown uh, – I've grown used to it. So I was going to say. Really it's more funny than anything. I mean, he'll come yell at us and be like, that's what I said, like, you can't go under the screen. And me and Dustin and Dana look at each other like, okay, like, <laughs> we didn't do it. But, yeah, so that, it's always kind of funny when he yells at us. But, you should just um, look at him and be know, like, go go yell at your son. He's right by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Go yell at Coach Jeff or something, yeah. Right. Luke Goody, it is always a pleasure to visit with you. I always love this segment every week, and we really appreciate it. Good luck at Michigan State, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you guys very much. Okay, buddy. That is Luke Goody. That was classic. Uh, The Luke Goody, he's so good. He's got to do this one day. When his basketball career is done, he's got to do something in the media because he's incredible at it. Uh, The Luke Goody Show brought to you by Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. If you need Anything to do with your – look, I know we're, we're we're having a nice little weather break here, but you know February can get really cold, and anymore March is just ridiculous. So make sure you get with Dogtown Heating and Air and Plumbing. 
Make sure they're checking things so you don't have to have that, oh, crap, why is it 30 degrees in the house at 3 a.m.? Well, your heater just went out. So give Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing a chance to come check things out and make sure that doesn't happen. First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted. I love that. The local part is so important, and so many people use First Federal Savings Bank because they can trust them, and they know they're right there. They're your friends. And then by Max Twin City Recycling, what a powerful name in this industry or in that industry and in our area for so long. Max Twin City Recycling, really appreciate our sponsors for the Luke Goody Show. We've got some Brett Bielma, we believe. Was the sound, do we find one with a little bit better sound? I'm going to work on that during this break okay. here to try and get some better sound. Look at that, a little behind the scenes. Okay, what did we learn about Luke Goody? Maybe, maybe he's a Bush-like guy. I think we knew that, though. From I think that has come up before, of course, because Lante <laughs> interviews, <laughs> that'll, that'll come up at some point, no, especially if you have a whole season worth of interviews. Not many other, like, uh, people are just going to throw that out. But, I mean, how, that'd be kind of fun, though. Like I, would, like, I would donate money to be able to just go in and use the hot tub and drink some beer, right, and, like, with the guys. <laughs> that'd be cool. Like, not, they don't have to be in the hot tub with me. No, but, like, they're, they're all actually doing their recovery and <laughs> right, their right. training, and you're just hanging out in the hot tub. Like, like, you know, like Goody's what's up, getting, man? He, Goody's getting up, his Luke? ankle. Yeah, he's getting his ankle taped. You got... Terrence is getting his wrist taped, and I'm just sitting there. Brad like, walks in, and he's like, <laughs> who in the world let this guy in here? Who is this? Oh, that's Lon. He's, he's good. He's got, let's see, three more beers left, and he'll be out of here. So, hey, and I need a towel, you guys, before you leave. So, uh, no, that, that would, I think that'd be, a, that'd be fun. I love visiting with Luke Goody. He's so good. And that, that was funny what he said about, now you'll have to watch that the next game. You know, oh, I, he, I do see it where he'll just <laughs> He'll walk down the bench and just start yelling stuff at the bench. Uh, TJ Wheeler told me a story one time, and I know I'll get it wrong, and I need to ask TJ again what it was, but I, I know this part was right. Lou Henson grabbed TJ. He was on the bench, and he brings him up close to the scorer's table. You know how a coach will be watching the action unfold, and he's, and he's got his hand on, like, TJ's back on his jersey, and he pushes him, like, towards the scorer's bench and goes, get in for TJ. Now, this is TJ that he's putting in the game, and he goes, get in for TJ. And Wheeler's like, what? So he did, I said, what'd you do? And he goes, I just went back and sat down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I swear that's the, uh, that's the story. TJ will have to text me if I got that wrong. But it, I mean, I remember him telling me that story. It was hilarious. I mean, that's, a coach just gets frantic sometimes, you know? And, and I did, I mean, again, not to anywhere near the um, – the, the capability of Brad Underwood. But when I coached like junior high, there were times where I'd do that, you know, like, cause you'd work on something leading up to a team. Now we didn't do as much prep in junior high as obviously these guys, we didn't have video on a lot of the teams we were playing, but if we played a team a second time, you know, you kind of understood like, all right, we're going to make sure this guy doesn't get any open looks and you work on it for two days of practice. And then the game starts. And the first time down the court, that guy has an open look from 15, and you just kind of turn around at the rest of the kids on the bench, and you're like, did we not work on that all week? You know, they're like, uh, we did, Coach, but I'm not the one in there giving him an open look, so don't be yelling at me. I think it just gives you the capability to yell at somebody. And you feel better, right? It's like when we sit at home and yell at the TV. You, just, you feel like you're doing your part, which is kind of stupid in the grand scheme of things. Know, when, right? you look, when you look at it, it's when like, you think of you what are you doing, Ron? <laughs> and I'm, I am a serial that's TV a terrible yelling. call. Right. What? How do you right. make that call? I I don't do it as much now. 
I've kind of gotten a little more mellow. Although, I don't know, I, we'll go watch a game. St- I, I, it, it, it depends on the team. Like when, when Illinois played Indiana, we were at a local establishment with a big, we had a big table, I had like 20 people, and I could not enjoy the game. Like people were laughing, they were, they were all watching the game, but like they'd bring up funny stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, I'm having no enjoyment that Indiana's winning this game. Like I don't want to hear a joke, I don't care, I, I just want another beer, and I want Illinois to win this game, and I just get like not I'm not fun to be around like when I'm doing that and it's like and then the game ends have you ever had I know you have this because I can tell a little bit I don't think you're as bad as me but do you ever have a game where Illinois wins but at the end you you're like I think I complained the entire game absolutely And, and then they won and you just you feel like shallow like you feel hollow you're like I yelled my way through that game and they won and, and now it's the like, Indiana game yeah, and was you, literally the one. You feel almost guilty I did then not about enjoy being watching happy. that game at all. <laughs> right? so, I was so mad the whole time I was watching that thing, and then they win. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, my won. mom has always been like, why do you do this to yourself? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's called compassion, and we certainly have it for sports. There's no doubt about it. And to someone that has zero, it would be like somebody loving the Grammys and me watching them watch it, and they're like, how did that guy win? And, you know, and, and they're yelling at the TV, and I'm like, really? They disagreed with every award winner and then <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> at the end of the night. Boy, that was awesome. Yeah. Let's do it again well, next that, year. I can't wait to rewatch that. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I've always said we would all be happier in life if we knew the result of a game before you sat down to watch it because then your expectations are out the door. Like, if you knew Illinois was going to win that game against Indiana that day, that doesn't mean you do, you wouldn't have to be a little upset that they didn't play as well as you had hoped. But in the end, you know that they're going to win, so you don't. It doesn't take you to the level of darkness, maybe that you're feeling when you don't know whether or not they're going to beat Indiana. But it it, it would be like that, right? And if, if if you knew that Illinois lost the game. Then, I don't know, I'd probably still be as angry. I'd be like, oh, that's why we lost, because we can't do this. Yeah, that's true. Knowing you're going to lose beforehand, I don't yeah. think would be all that fun. No. Especially no. if, let's say, you jump out and you're up like 20 in a game, and you're <laughs> right. like, wait, we lost this? Yes, like, wait, this is, surely I was given misinformation. <laughs> this is not going to be pretty here the next 15 minutes. That's so true. Uh, 217, Lon, have you ever been tossed by a ref? No, I was never. In fact, I'm honestly a little surprised there. No, I, I was, as a coach, I was pretty, like, I joked with the officials more than anything. Yeah, I, that's true. Lon's friends with everybody, yeah. so the ref was probably, like, giving him every call because he right. was buddies with them. Right. It's harder for me as a fan. Like, I'd rather be coaching or playing than as a fan, you know, and, and you see something go wrong. You're like, what? how do you call that? But, um, it, but it, it is funny. Uh, Austin, I used to yell during games. Now I hold my newborn while he sleeps, so I can't yell. That is, he's got that figured out. <laughs> I did the same thing. I would take, I would take uh, the boys when they were babies. They were great at sleeping in the car. So I would just grab, you know, they were seven years apart, so we didn't have this problem with both of them at the same time. But I would grab whatever child, and I would go and drive around listening to Cardinals baseball while they were sleeping. Now, it's pretty amazing. Like, a, a, a baby sleeping, they, they sleep hard. You know, kids, especially when they get a little older, they just get tired. They've been playing all day. You, it's hard to wake them up. But I can remember, like, you know, like, some, the Cubs would score on a three-run homer against the Cardinals, and I just want to yell. But I'm like, I can't say anything because, <laughs> like, Lucas is asleep. 
If I do that, he's going to wake up and then he's going to start crying. And it's like, ah, it's, it's crazy. Um, no, but what I was going to say is when Philo, when I coached at St. Thomas here in Philo, my last year, no, it was, it was Andrew's seventh grade year. We opened the brand new gym and I wanted that eighth grade team, the eighth graders, we went 22 and two that year. And, and we had some eighth graders that were really good. And I wanted them to have the ability to play one game at that home because I knew they, you know, they were going to graduate and not be able to ever play in it. And we were able to make that happen, which was awesome. We played the first ever game in this gym, and the kids got the win. And I tracked down, like, who scored first, who had the first rebound. I've got all that. And I want to give that to the school one day so they'll always have that on record. But one of the officials, I, he was always doing our games. And he's a local guy. And I told him before the game, I said, hey, I want you to tee me up today so I can get the first technical ever at this gym. <laughs> And he looked at me and he goes, it would be my honor, Lon, to see you up. But then I didn't have the guts to do it. I was oh. like, I'm like, how are we going to do this? Like, am I going to just like, you know, like act like you had a bad call and I'm going to like get real mad? And he goes, I don't care. You just tell me when you want to be tossed or, or when you want to get a technical. I'm like, I don't want to be tossed. I just want to get a technical. And it was funny, we, but I didn't have the guts to do it. I was like, dang it. I wanted uh. to get that first technical. But I think you have to go see the principal and stuff if you get that, like at St. Oh, Thomas. Boy. So I didn't want to have yeah, that discussion that's... either. It's like, just be a good that's boy rally. one more day, Lon. Just be a good boy. All right, 359-2255 if you want to weigh in. Lindy said, pull both hands out to count my ejections. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, I did say compassion. I didn't mean that. Passion is what I meant. That's a good call. Um, and then uh, a 217, I'm 70, my dad's 93, tapes every game and watches it after it's over. He can't stand the stress. See, I, maybe I'm going to get to that point because it does seem like you'd be less stressful uh, being able to watch it. Well, you would be, right? You can, you can get it out of the way. If they lost, you just get it out of the way. You're angry, and then, then you're like, of course, I wouldn't watch it probably. Right, exactly. I'd probably just watch the wins, it takes but there the, you go. It takes the, uh, you know, the emotion and the suspense – the build up and everything out of it's a so funny. Like game. I, I record, like tonight, I've recorded some Big Ten games, right, for my fantasy league, and I will get home and I'll turn the TV on, and it will, it'll accidentally be on the Big Ten network, and they're like the games near the end, you know, and I'm just gonna start watching it, and I literally hit mute so I don't hear what the score is. I don't even want to know what a score is like late in the game because then I'll in my mind I'll dictate how it's gone and that my guy probably didn't do anything. So sometimes I'll turn it on, the sound will be, and I'll be like, da la 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 and I'll hit until I can mute it. Is that weird, like, at 53, drink, that I need to get over that? <laughs> fantasy football and fantasy basketball, like what, what age? They should make you retire from that at a certain age. They should be like, Lon, no more. No more. You don't. You had to call in your son, right, because you can't I handle did. a one-person team anymore. I did. I, <laughs> I totally. My dad did that. I, I remember when I was in high school, me and him had a joint fantasy football there team. There He's like, I don't want to keep track of who the heck I, these guys are I anymore. Know. And I was suffering. Like, I, I felt like I was a good owner of my franchise because I was struggling as the coach. I was the owner coach, and I'm like, Lucas, you got to come in and help me here. Bring some new eyes to this thing, and uh, and it worked. We're in first place right now, midway through the season. So, uh, Jason Watson, though, is gonna think gonna take care of us this week. Is he the one with the Illinois guys on his yes, team? Yes, he's got. Well, he picked up Shannon at the first sub. At the time, Shannon was suspended. We didn't know if he'd even come back. So he beat me to it by like four picks. But he's got Damask, Garrier, and Shannon for this game against Michigan State. So here's what I'm gonna say: I want Illinois to win. That always tops the fantasy Coleman Hawkins 30 piece exactly because I've got Coleman 
So if Coleman and Goody and Harmon and Dane all have big games at Michigan State, Shannon has an off night, Damask has an off night, and Quincy. Quincy. If those if three, one of them go off, that's great. If but, those three all have off nights, oh I think gosh. Illinois might not have a ton of success <laughs> on Saturday. But hey, maybe Coleman Hawkins has a career high. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, two one seven. Like you've never been to the principal's office one time. Mister Powell called three of us down in junior high, and he, Kyle, this happened. He literally. Oh, I know we got to take a break. We need a break so bad. He but opened here goes a, Lon he again. Opened his drawer and brought out the paddle and just set it there. Oh, and you were like, boy. "Holy crap!" Now what we had done wrong did not warrant the paddle, but I think he just wanted to show his. His uh, ability to dominate us. That's a power move. That is correct. And I was like, uh, Nick said, my daughter asked me how to politely tell her coach that she's already in. (laughs) During summer games, she was injured in street clothes. Coach kept trying to put her in. (laughs) Go. I don't care what you're dressed like. Go in there and play. Let's go. All right. We got to take a break, Kyle. Quit talking. It is the drive. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do, too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple we bet you're doing most of these things already with rewards cashback checking you have access to reward saver which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20,000. reward yourself with free rewards cashback checking and reward saver a few of the many ways fisher national bank invests in our customers see monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com fisher national bank exceptional communities exceptional people member fdic BMW, Buick, GMC, Honda, and Subaru. Welcome to Sarah Champagne. We can handle all your car repairs on site, including paintless dent repair, bumpers, windshields, everything in between. We have an amazing selection of new or pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Shop from home and buy online or reserve your vehicle before it hits our website or dealership. Sarah Champagne is home of the Sarah One Price Promise, delivering an honest and transparent buying experience. Hurry in or shop online at sarahchampagne.com. Have you ever looked at a junk truck and said, man, that truck is pretty? Two men in a junk truck trucks are pretty. They're pretty big, so they can handle large jobs. They're pretty reliable. Two men in a truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years. Now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal, and they're pretty fast. When you're ready to let some things go and that you don't need, you don't want to wait three weeks. You want it gone now. Go to twomenandajunktruck.com and make room for what matters most. We're talking to Nate Evans of the Nate Evans Group, and we're talking about the current market. What does this mean, Nate, for sellers? 
But right now, if you're a seller, I think you should be able to move forward with confidence. There's such a low supply of homes out there in the market all across the Champaign, Vermilion County, Douglas County. There's a huge, huge backlog of buyers at the moment that are looking for homes to hit the market. I was just looking at statistics the other day, and in Champaign alone, there was about 130 homes for sale is all. A few years ago, we would have 800 homes on the market. So what that means is with that shortage, it drives the prices up for the sellers so they can expect a little bit more out of their home with the large demand of buyers out there shopping for him. So call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. It's Nate Evans with EXP Realty, 217-239-7113, or do an online search to Nate Evans Group to start packing. Sell your home with Nate. Pick the price, pick the day. Go to thenateevansgroup.com. Thank you for choosing Two Men in a Truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomenandatruck.com for your free estimate. Mom, she won't stop touching me. Broccoli stinks. Guys, no phones at the table. Family dinner time? Not easy. But you know what is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. When you need convenient, affordable care for minor illnesses and injuries, you need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. Be seen in person or connect 24-7 online when and where you need it. Learn more at osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Really excited about Tanner. Um, 
great, uh, great set of family all around him. Um, never have I signed an eight-man football player, and let alone I find two in the same class now with, with uh, 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 two, two guys coming in the same class, kind of amazing. I signed a nine-man football, Chad Greenway, uh, when I was at the University of Iowa that uh, very similar to Tanner, played a, a variety of different positions, and I think he later became the uh, 14th or 15th pick to the Vikings, so I, I know this can, it can turn out in a positive way. That, that concludes our signing class for this year. Um, you know, one of the unique things that we're in right now, 16 players signed, 10 of them reported in January, right? So uh, really just a very unique opportunity uh, for us to get guys in here working with them. Today was the first day uh, we had a chance to get with them on the grass, so we actually uh, had our first chance as coaches because we were out on the road in January the whole time uh, to be around these guys for the first time and really, really was a fun day overall for that. A couple things off the field. Um, you know, I haven't really been able to say, uh, you know, one of the things in January was pretty awesome is to watch uh, some of our guys that have been here in the past have some tremendous success uh, on the football field. See Kirby get a, I don't see Kirby, see Spoon get uh, a Pro Bowl invite and all that goes into that. Um, I did talk to Sid the, the night, unfortunately, he had an injury. So to be able to talk to him a couple hours after that happened uh, and, and realize the highs and lows of what football can bring was, was, was very unique. Um, a couple shout outs, I have a couple former players. Uh, obviously, Nick Allegretti from here going to the Super Bowl, but Dre Greenlaw, it was kind of one of the few games I've been able to watch in its entirety. Uh, it was a playoff game two weeks ago. Dre was a kid, very similar to Tanner, had zero offers other than us at the University of Arkansas, I believe. We offered about midway through his senior year, um, came in as a safety, we moved him to linebacker, and now he's playing the Super Bowl. Just a, a really cool story. Brandon Allen, another former player of mine, he's the third quarterback at, uh, at San Fran. So, Kind of a neat thing to watch all those guys uh, uh, get where they need to be. And then also uh, the five uh, five or six guys that played in bowl games. Uh, I think we have six guys now invited to the combine. Uh, just kind of check in with those guys periodically to get calls from GMs and, and, and personnel people that are at these senior bowls that are watching or interviewing our guys. I specifically got an interview while, while, an inter while a GM was interviewing or his organization was interviewing Tip Ryman. Uh, uh, they literally reached out to me and said, is this, is this as real as I feel it is? And I was like, it's even probably better than you think, right? So just, I think our guys portrayed themselves in a way that, that uh, makes them very valuable to that next level. So uh, obviously a couple staffing changes, um, really kind of in January, we stayed really just focused on recruiting. There was a new recruiting rule that allowed us as coaches to go out and be on the road uh, and see kids in the schools that we've never been able to do before. I've never been able to sit down with a junior. Uh, the very first day the rule was in effect for us in January, it just happened that all the schools were canceled in Illinois, and I had a 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, or 4 o'clock um, all in a row at, at, at six different schools in Chicago, and I could sit down with the young man and their parents uh, in the school. Um, I was, I was, it was a timing factor that there was no school, so it was kind of convenient. They didn't have conflict with classes, but literally got a commitment that day, and I, I, when I was in that school, uh, when it was beginning to happen, I was sitting there with a young man and his parents, and, and the dad said, hey, can you step out a minute? Goes, B, I want to have a conversation with my family. And I'm like, oh boy, I've been through this before, but I've never been through it in, a, in January with a junior, right? Because it's been illegal to have a conversation with them in, in the school until their senior year. So uh, it's been a learning experience for everybody. I think that last week I was on the road, uh, I was in 10 different states in five days. Um, so it was just a, a little bit chaotic. So we really have focused on staffing after we've got back in uh, I've had several candidates on campus, had a couple on today, uh, have a couple more in this weekend. My intent and goal was to have somebody up and running at, 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 at the positions by Monday. Um, I think we're on task. I expect to probably have a wide receiver coach here sooner and later uh, as we speak. And then um, 
inside linebacker position. I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern. I've had a couple on candidate, but there's one guy that I want to talk to that isn't available until the later part of this week. So uh, we'll handle that and process that as it comes. With that, I'll open it up. Anything else? Any other, other questions? Brett, why did you want to make a couple defensive staff changes? What, what do you hope to add? Why? Yeah. I haven't talked to you guys since then. No. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, twofold, right? One of the things that I think really, uh, as we sat back and looked at that season, you, you get done, um, you go back and take a comprehensive look at what you did schematically, what you did uh, uh, as a result, uh, but also just have a lot of dialogue with players, coaches, and staff. And, and um, I realized where we are and where I wanted us to go. Um, uh, obviously, no uh, negative. Uh, you know, both the guys that uh, I relieved are one was a former player, one was a former coach. Think the world of them and their family, who they are, um, and what they're going to be. But just felt we needed to have some change on that side of the ball, especially just just continuity and 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 uh, a little bit of, of everything: football, recruiting, uh, uh, administrative things in the building. Just just really felt that was necessary. I haven't made a lot of moves like that in my coaching career. I think that's seven guys over 16 years, right? So. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, felt we could get an opportunity to get better and get stronger, and hopefully that's what's going to happen. What's the challenge of a coach when you have turnover with the staff, especially the last two years? Well, I think you, you, um, you know, first and foremost, it's a new person in a young kid's life, right? But um, literally since the first day when I came here, uh, I talked to, to the players about, hey, like if you hire good people and you, you have the things that I think can happen, like you're going to have transition. I've been fortunate enough to have I think about seven head coaches now that have left, several coordinators, guys going to the NFL. Um, I got a call last week, two weeks ago, uh, uh, a running back coach that I used to have um, was hired into the NFL again, and, and that was, I believe he was my uh, second or third running back coach that went to the NFL four in a row. Um, so um, I think we brace the kids for it, but also understand like one of the things that is advantageous for them, if they have a chance and a dream to go on to the next level, you literally, have a league that changes coaches on a weekly or, or I'm sorry, on a, on a yearly basis and the ability to learn and, and be instructed by coaches from multiple backgrounds is a good thing. Um, but anytime you bring somebody new in the building, there's going to be a, 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 obviously a change in the way they say things, do things, preach things, and, and uh, that'll take a little bit of adjustment, but I, I don't think it's something you can't overcome. Coach, now that you got Washington and Oregon, two LA schools, does it change the way a little bit of your recruiting map? I get the question, and it obviously changes in some capacity, but I really believe this, right? For us at Illinois, we're going to be based on what Illinois is, right? So we're going to focus in the state of Illinois. Everybody has a piece of Illinois. Uh, really concentrate on some border states. I realize that some border states don't have a lot of prospects, and they also have strong home state pro uh, programs. So we, we, but we do recruit any border state uh, to Illinois. We've really done a lot in New Jersey, and we've done a lot in Florida. Um, I would say that's a blueprint of what we are. I don't see that changing, but uh, we've dabbled into California now. Um, uh, I think based on, on, on the outcomes of my hires here over the next uh, week or two weeks, that, that that could really open the doors. Uh, I've always been intrigued with Dallas because there's a direct flight here from Dallas um, uh, to, to Illinois. Um, and, and I think that is a venue that we could explore more than ever now that we got, especially when we got kids going west uh, or families going west to, to games. So, yeah, it's going to change the dynamic at some point, but I don't think it changed a lot about what Illinois is. Brett, when we talked to you just at press conference right after the season, it didn't sound like you were making any coaching changes. Like, did you have a sense after yeah, you did? I okay. just didn't broadcast sure. it to you guys. Like, I don't think that would be a very right. I just didn't know if it was something that more of an evaluation no, period after no. that, if you got the sense. I think I probably knew uh, at some point, um, and and 
the people involved I had those conversations with, right? Um, but I, I really wanted to take a moment and just process where I was at, where I thought we needed to go, and that's when, when I made the moves. What can David, oh, David Gibbs? Yeah, for Aaron and then your defense as a whole. Yeah, so, you know, Gibby and I, I don't know the whole story. If you, you know, I, I literally met him my first week on a job as a linebacker coach at the University of Iowa. Myself and Bobby Elliott, God rest his soul, was no, with him. no longer with us. We went on a, 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 we took a defensive staff and we went to Kansas and Kansas State. Um, at Kansas, uh, went there and Glenn Mason was there. Um, uh, there was a guy by the name of Mike Hankwitz, who was the defense coordinator, and he had a young DB coach by the name of David Gibbs. Um, and uh, uh, then we went on from there and uh, uh, went to, to uh, Kansas State and I had a conversation with those guys, which is where the first time I ever met Venables. And like, it's just crazy the people you meet back at that time and what they become now. Um, so Gibby and I hit it off then. Um, uh, and then he, lo and behold, obviously comes into the state of Minnesota. Uh, I don't think he was the coordinator first when he got there. I think Hank had it, and then Hank left, and then Gibby became the D coordinator. I recruited in Minneapolis and South Florida, which is where Gibby recruited. So we really um, began to talk a lot of football, be around each other. Uh, when I was at the University of Iowa and Hayden left, uh, Glenn Mason offered me a job uh, at the University of Minnesota under Gibby with D coordinator. We and I were real close. Uh, I almost took that job, but uh, I stayed at Iowa until they named who they were going to name. That's when he named Kirk. Kirk kept me, so I never made that transition. Um, but just kind of, he and I have been around each other for a long time, never worked together, but I've followed his work. Um, obviously he became the D coordinator at several different places, both Minnesota when they had a great defense, uh, at, at Auburn, uh, went in the league for whatever it was, seven, eight, nine years. Um, uh, he and I had conversations about that. I had, I had an opportunity earlier in my career to, uh, get a couple interviews in the NFL and really didn't pursue him hard because I just kind of listened to what he told me about that league. and. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that tied into our relationship. When when I first came here, um, actually Ryan and Gibby were together in Missouri, and um, the year before I had interviewed for the head co head coaching job at Colorado, and um, one of the coaches that interviewed there was David was um, well, Ryan Walters, and I was talking to Gibby. I'm like, tell me about this guy, and he's because I was in direct competition with him, right? And Obviously, uh, didn't go that direction. Uh, so that's when I first heard about Ryan. And when I took the job here, uh, when I made kind of a decision, I had about five candidates. I, I, I interviewed three guys. I interviewed, obviously, Ryan, um, an active head coach, and a guy now that's actually a coordinator in this league. And major reason why I went with Ryan was the conversations with Gibby, uh, just that he uh, was around him in certain ways that allowed him to grow. They'd been together, been around each other. Um, so when Transition happened a year ago, and I decided to retain Ryan uh, or decide uh, to uh, promote Aaron. I, I really had interviewed Antonio earlier in, the, in my career here, like I followed him all the way through. I thought it'd be a nice um, uh, combo of those who knew each other. But uh, you know, obviously, when I made transition, I wanted to get an older voice in that room. I wanted to get someone with a little bit different perspective, uh, and that's that's what really Gibby was the only guy that I went after. I contacted him early on, uh, literally uh, in December kind of get a feel where he was at. He had some things moving in his yard. And then when, when I made transition, I just reached out to him and said, this is what I plan on doing. This is where I'm at. And Aaron and I flew down and met with him on several different occasions um, uh, during the recruiting periods and, and uh, uh, um, had a chance for those guys to visit. Um, David had known quite a few guys on our staff and, and I just thought the comfort level there after several meetings was, was pretty significant. And that's why we pulled the trigger. As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. 
Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstilling.com. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. Take a look around your home. Is it finally ready for some much-needed updates? If you don't know where to start, then just meet with one of our experts. We'll help you find the perfect waterproof plank floor for your kitchen or that stain-resistant, super-soft carpet for your bedroom. Finish your room update with a custom sofa and chairs or choose a trendy in-stock dining set that's priced right. Come home to Carpet Weavers, where floors, furniture, and family meet. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now. And Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. Hey, where are you headed? To Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. What do they have there? What don't they have there? Living room furniture, benches, chests, love seats, sectionals, tables, bedroom sets, hutches, nightstands, end tables, cabinets, mirrors, stools, clocks, lamps, pillows, rugs, desks, media consoles, patio furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, and more. So, everything. Yeah, probably could have uh, just said that. Kelsey Furniture, quality for less. Hi, this is Chris Jackson with Kramer Siding and Window. And whatever your project, you can count on Kramer Siding to offer you the best products backed by the best warranties in the business and a lifetime of great customer service. And right now, you can save 10% on roofing, sunrooms, and decks, get 15% off gutter helmet, and you can save 25% on preservation siding, windows, and doors. So call today or visit us at kramersiding.com and let's get started on your project. Big Ten basketball scoreboard, Rutgers losing, I'm sorry, gets the win at Maryland. What is up with Maryland? What the hell do they just beat us? What did I say on the show yesterday? That one is going to struggle to get to 100 combined (laughs) points, and it struggled. 56-53, you nailed that. At halftime, it was 24-20, I think. Uh, It was 24-22. 24-22. That's a good call. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Indiana gets a good win at Ohio State. How bad is Ohio State? Ohio State was up 18 in the second half, I want to say. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they had a 42-29 lead at half. Indiana outscored them 47-31 in the second half. And then Minnesota gets a big win against Michigan State. That's a big win. Minnesota, man. Someone tweeted out earlier today, if the Big Ten tournament started today, they would have a double bye. Uh, Are you serious? 
They're tied, I believe, with. I'm looking at it right now. Northwestern and Nebraska at six and five, and they'd have the tiebreaker because they've beaten both. You said one thing wrong, and you never do. Nebraska's six and six. Six and six, okay. And Indiana's six and six. Uh, Michigan State's six and six. So they're tied with Northwestern. That's right. So it's Purdue at 10 and two, Illinois and Wisconsin at eight and three, Minnesota and Northwestern at six and five. Nebraska, Indiana, Michigan State all at 6-6. Six and six. That's a big loss for Michigan State. Huge loss to, for Michigan State. They desperately need this game on Saturday. Th- that's the problem, right? We've always talked about how we'd, we would rather they have won at Minnesota. But uh, the Gophers, 15. I mean, if you're looking at those two teams to get to the tournament, now granted, Michigan State's played a lot better. They're going to have better numbers. Yep. But Michigan State's 14-9, and 6-6 six and six in the conference. Minnesota, 15-7. and seven. Six and five. Now, tonight in the Big Ten, there are two games. Wisconsin is at Michigan. I have no belief that Michigan is going to take down Wisconsin, but I'm going to root like hell for it. Maybe Doug McDaniel. Probably lead at half, as they always do. (laughs) That game. Get a little hope. (laughs) That game is on the Big Ten network at six. And then following that is should be a great one that Luke Goody mentioned. Nebraska at Northwestern. So you've got Nebraska. Six and six conference, Northwestern six and five. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. Tominaga and Boo and Barry and Williams, Mast. I mean, it is interesting though because it's kind of Northwestern has been unbeatable at home, yes. and Nebraska can't win on the road. It's so amazing. if Nebraska did get it, boy, would that be oh. huge. But to, to back that up, Northwestern eleven and one. At home. And their only loss is to Chicago State. That's unbelievable. And Nebraska 1-6 on the road. They have the worst. I, I'm sorry. Ohio State's 0-6 on the road. But Nebraska, the team that all that took you to overtime here, has the second worst road record in the Big Ten. That's crazy. All right. Tomorrow, 